0: and welcome to property mastermind podcast episode 110 with hillary saxton and bob anderson the legend today we're talking important things to know about your financier and and valuer we're gonna pull this apart unpack it and leave you with a lot of useful information that you'll be able to use moving forward on your property development journey so anyway let's jump on into episode 110 So 110, Hilary Saxon and Bob Anderson. Hey, Bob, welcome. Thanks.
1: Great to be back.
0: Great to be back at, at the podcast uh, area in yep. the office, yep. in, in the podcast room.
1: Podcast room.
0: Hey, Bob, what are you going to share with us? What's your fun fact for the week?
1: Ah, oh, well, how about, mm. there's this, this a shared one.
0: Oh, a shared fun fact, yeah. How
1: about when your kids come back mm. to stay at home for a short period and then they stay
0: so the fun fact is what? That kids don't tell the truth?
1: Kids, kids never tell the truth. Oh, just coming home for a few weeks, or I'll, I just need, need to fill in between moves or between something, yeah.
0: We just had a bit of an experience, didn't we? Well, it wasn't a bad one, but... It was great. I loved it. We, <laughs> but we we had some, some children move home for the old two weeks. Anyway, six months later, we put them on a plane to Europe yesterday. So we're kind of uh, yeah. relaxing back to Back to Darby and Joan, <laughs> it became this crazy cooker woman cooking for rugby players. Yeah, oh two rugby gosh.
1: players in the house. I just felt Roman like female I was... rugby players that they can eat.
0: Oh, in the washing and the washing. What about that? It was horrific. <laughs> It's amazing, great fun, lots of laughs but oh my goodness.
1: Anyway, that's a fun fact. Don't believe them if they say okay. two weeks that's, or whatever. That's
0: your fun fact. Oh, yeah. Good fun fact today. So Bob, today we decided that we are talking important things to know about your financier and valuer. Mm. And we've just got some great tips and stories here that we yeah. know that people will find well, you know, quite useful. So but before we start mm-hmm. and I ask you to unpack each role, I want to ask you Well, do you want to go with each role? Because the other question will be, um, why do we need them? So where do you want to start? Do you want to identify the role specifically? And then why do we need them? So what is the role of the financier and what is the role of the valuer? And I know that many people know the answer to this, but we also know that we often plug plug knowledge gaps, easy for me to say. So we might plug a few holes for you uh, if you just have the old little bit missing that you're not aware of.
1: Hmm. Well, the use of a financier is pretty obvious. Most of us don't have enough money to, first of all, do a whole project without borrowing. But the other side of it is why would you anyway? Because the value or, the, or, or our profit is, it comes in property development, not, not just from doing a development, but being able to leverage money, mm. to leverage finance. So we leverage our money a lot better when we borrow. Let's say the bank gives us four or five times as much as we put in, yes. which is sort of normal. Well, it's that power of leverage that really boosts our profit up. Our return on our capital invested in a property development. And that looks the same in property investment, same thing. You know, you put a 20% deposit down, the bank lends you 80%. So you're using their leverage. You know, the property that goes up in value is yours, not the bank's.
0: So you're implying there that even though you have enough money, doesn't mean you should necessarily no. use all of your own money. You should apply no. the power of leverage to... Exped- What's the word to go faster? Expediate, expediate yeah, your journey. Yeah. Let's
1: just say you had a project where the total costs were four million dollars, and you had four million dollars, and so that's fine. You in the bank, in the bank, just, the so, bank, just sitting cash there. sitting yeah. there. Doing so nothing. you could do that project without going to finance it, yeah. And that's great, and you'd save interest, which is good. Uh, but what if you were then to do two projects of the same size? where you put $2 million each into each project and borrow two from a financier, mm. you would make more money out of those two projects doing that because you're now using, you're leveraging the bank's finance. And the interest you pay from the bank is a lot less th- than half the profit. And you could you could extend that, well, why don't we do four projects
0: with and our $4 million, a,
1: dollars. Put putting a million, million into each, each yeah. uh, that would be you know, a 75% lend. Why don't we do that? And we would make more money again. Of course, the more you borrow, you might say the higher the risk, potentially, yeah, but there's a, there's a point in there that's comfortable. You know, if you're doing everything else right, doing your due diligence right, choosing the right projects, the right team, everything, uh, then that's, that's where you really ramp up your profits by leveraging the bank's money. The great thing is, when I say bank, I don't necessarily mean a bank, it's a financier of sorts. Whoever they might be, bank, non bank, private equity doesn't matter, but it's by leveraging the, leveraging their money, mm. because you see we only pay them interest, we don't pay them profit share.
0: So that the, so the role of that financier is to loan the money.
1: Loan the money. So yeah.
0: what is the role of the valuer?
1: Well, it's to mitigate some of the risks in the financier lending the money. So financiers are very good at doing what they do, and that's lending money. <laughs> but in order to lend money they have to be diligent in how they lend. They don't want to lend and take risks or not much risk at all. And so in a property development, the bank relies on two experts to help them. And the first expert is the valuer. So in terms of you know the site, the value of the site, is the project viable, those sorts of things come from the valuer. We pay for the valuer as a developer, but the valuer technically is doing the valuation on behalf of the financier. So it, it gives some form of comfort for the financier that the project's going to be uh, a deal that stacks up, basically. So the other expert later on during the construction phase or, or pre-construction is the quantity surveyor. And that's the other expert that the bank's financiers wind out. And that's all to do with the construction side of things. So frontline valuer, right up front.
0: Hmm. I just had a thought then. It was around, you were talking about the valuer, the relationship with the financier. Are they necessarily friends or <laughs> does the valuer technically work for the financier? How does that work, Well, Oh,
1: look, in, in property development, so they're, they're obviously independent. They're an independent valuation firm. Let's just break, it might be a good time now that you've asked that, to break finance down on just a typical small project right well, let's choose something small could be a duplex or okay a th-
0: let's go with pack, we are in we are in south sydney and we're doing a duplex there we go
1: there you go okay so first of all we need a financier when we buy the site now we call it a site as developers but most of the time what we're buying would be an old property it might be an old property in a good area we're going to buy it we're going to get our approvals then we're going to demolish it, build a new duplex and sell it and make money. That's that's what we're going to do here uh, in the southern parts of Sydney, apparently. I just made that up. Thanks. <laughs> Could be anywhere, though, where a duplex stacks up, of course. So as far as the finance is concerned, when, when we buy that, we're just buying an investment property. And look, ideally, and I, you, you would have heard me say this in if you've done our course or in perhaps on some of the podcasts, it's an investment loan upfront. So retail banks who lend on investments, you know, they're the sort of financiers or banks typically that we use when we buy a home for ourselves or an investment property. They make their money by lending at a low interest rate for a long term, yep. 20, 30 years. They
0: love the old 20, 30 year loan. They do.
1: And so they can make really good money out of that by lending at a, at a lower interest rate. However, what they don't make money at is lending at a low interest rate for a short period of time. So if you've got a project, small one might be you know 18 months, could be 24 months. At a really low interest rate, banks don't make much out of that. Retail banks don't. So they generally don't like to finance development projects typically. And as a result, if you were to buy that, that property, that site, that old house on, a, on, a, on good land, and tell them that your intention is to get an approval and develop it and sell it, they probably don't want to talk to you because they don't make money. What they'll typically do is say, look, you need to go and talk to our commercial division. If it was a bank, they'd say, look, uh, we we don't finance property developments, but we have a commercial division. So in the world of commercial finances, what we typically use in property developments uh, during the construction phase at least, they lend at a higher interest rate for a shorter period of time. They're okay with that. That's how they make their money.
0: What's the general difference,
1: Bob, between... Between those two, rates, Oh, 3%. 3%. Thereabouts. And uh, in terms of the interest rate, there's other expenses with commercial loans. You'll have to get a commercial valuer, so that'll cost you more for the valuation. There's quantity Mm -hmm. surveyors, You know, there's other people uh, that are brought into it. But the thing is here, typically, with a retail loan, you try and avoid the subject of what you're going to do if you're going to develop it.
0: What if they ask you and you tell a porky,
1: uh, well, people can change their mind, right?
0: Right. Which sometimes happens. <laughs> yes, got you. Um, but
1: we've seen, uh, oh, in fact, you're well aware of a few cases where, in spite of anything we've said in our courses, people have gone out. They've gotten a broker to fi- get them their finance for the acquisition of the site.
0: Okay, so we didn't we didn't bring up, like we, like let's before we go into mm-hmm. there, Bob, Broker versus financier. Okay, so now I I was going to ask that before, and okay, okay, so now we need to we're we're throwing that one in the mix. So Mm. now explain the role of a broker.
1: Okay, so a a broker's job is to find you the best finance to suit you personally.
0: So the broker finds the financier.
1: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. if it's, I mean, most people have probably used brokers for even uh,
0: buying homes, buying a home.
1: I mean, you can go directly to the bank or you can go through a broker. In in the world of retail finance, where we have low interest rate loans for a long period, a broker normally doesn't charge you a fee to find you a loan. It is. It's built into the loan somewhere by the bank. So I I keep saying banks because typically they they do retail loans, but they're not the only people that do them. Uh, But within their whole pricing system, they would have allowed for a certain percentage of their home loans to come through a broker and therefore those fees are built in. And the broker gets paid technically by the bank, but at the end of the day the consumer always pays. But it's it's built in, it's built in there. In the world of commercial finance, which we typically use on property development, particularly in the construction phase, uh, we have commercial brokers who have different contacts in the commercial finance world, different from retail brokers. And normally you pay them the fee and they're not normally built into the loan. So the choice is, uh, if you're using a retailer, you might want to use a broker because they might get you the loan that you can't get yourself. They know the different lenders. They know who's lending. They know who's maybe aggressively you know, loading their book up and, and you know have, has good rates and so forth. They'll know that in the commercial world. My recommendation is: until you get to know a number of financiers yourself, use a broker.
0: Mm.
1: The name of the game is get me the money. If you haven't got the money, you can't do the project.
0: We've got great relationships with our brokers, don't mm. we? We do, we really do. Yeah, they they just you get to know them, and yeah, and yeah, they're, they're good people.
1: Yeah, so that's my motto. Even in even with commercial finance, and, you, and even if you have to pay the broker, it's just the cost of doing business. But mm. they can get you. The best finance, Told. and they know the contacts because normally, the, the average person, particularly when they're starting out, you don't know the contacts in the commercial world. You might there's plenty of retail brokers out there you can yep. sort of, you know, rock up to a bank and knock on the door for a retail loan
0: and ask your neighbour and your mate, but yeah,
1: yeah, but commercial is 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 quite different. So you know, brokers just, are good.
0: It leads me to Bob something that took me a long time to understand in business as well personally. But you have to pay to play. Mm. And when you try and do things on the cheap, on the side, get oh. stuff for free, you're just slowed right down. Yeah, yeah. I, even even this morning I'm at the gym, it's 6am, as I do. I've been in the office since 5. Cleaned out my – Tuesday's my day. It's my best day. But I listened to a podcast, and I was already thinking yesterday, I'm time I got another business coach, even though I am a coach, I get coaches – and I thought, yeah, I, it's time. So I usually have – I had two other coaches on the side right now as well doing some other things that I'm working on personally. Uh, and then I thought, do you know what? I actually need a – and even though I am a marketer, I have a diploma no. in marketing, I've marketed myself my entire life, I teach people how to do it. I thought, you know what I need? I need to step into a marketing coach that I've been talking with and she's helping me do some stuff You know, in my – personal branding business and I thought mm, I need her as my coach hmm. but you have to pay to play and yep. I, I haven't rung you yet but as soon as we're done podcasting she is my next port of call so people need to realize that the, the more you start doing that and it was that's how I noticed my progress that's how hmm. we noticed progress hmm. with this with everything we do once you start Getting the right people to help yeah. you and stop thinking I'll learn it myself. I'll Google mm. it myself. It's just yeah. it's a closed mindset mentality.
1: Yeah, and and close to that is that mentality of uh, you know I'll try and save every cent I can by doing this or doing that myself. Mm. And what happens? You, you save 50, you save fifty cents and you lose a dollar.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, that's something I do notice. You do, Bob. You will always say oh, well, no, just just do it, just, yeah, do it. You'll always jump into, no, it's got to be done, do it. Mm. And even to the point, and we're going completely off track, but this probably goes to show the type of person you are. We recently launched the Property Accelerator, our new yep. membership program, and I will tell you a bit about that at the end. And the guy that recorded it, great guy, is, you know, it's four full-on courses, property development, mm. renovations, small subdivisions, coaching and mindset. They're not his thing. But he is doing the editing and putting it together. And he said to me, oh, Hilary, I think I may not have quoted enough. And we straight away, well, then that's fine. You just tell us what the difference is. Because that's a the cost of business, Hmm. we want to have more relationship, you know, continue the relationship with him. He puts us at the top of his tree. Mm. He does so much when Mm. we need him. He's there. We've got an online workshop coming up. I can call him on a Sunday morning. He'll just jump in and help me. But when you build a relationship, a business relationship that you pay for, that you, where am I going? You know what I'm saying. It's just, it's the cost of business is a great way. And that's how you have good relationships and business relationships yeah
1: yeah. and what we asked him to quote on was very difficult to give us a lump sum quote we knew that yeah he had a shot at it uh but we realize and he realizes a bit more in it yeah and so that's what we'll do it's a long term relationship and we'll pay him it's fair if he puts more time in we'll pay him for that more time
0: and even i was even thinking we went for lunch a couple of weeks ago with your solicitor he was up here because he does a lot of work for you in property development you've known him for over 40 years but you don't do anything. He does nothing for you on the side for cheap. Hmm. You still pay for him. Well, he does probably bump your requirements to the top of his list because you've always done business with him. Hmm. Um, but anyway, we've, we're off track. That We were just talking about, you were talking well, about paying for you. Paying, you get
1: what you pay for. Yeah. Don't try and save 50 cents and lose a dollar by you know, being stingy.
0: So we've gone through what is the role for Edge. Have we really covered off why we need them, Bob? Why do we need them? Why do we need a... Well, we a... know
1: why we need a financier. And a yeah. valuer, well, the financier insists on it. Yeah. And so that, we sort of moved on and talked about retail finance and yeah. commercial. So you've got retail uh, valuers and commercial valuers as well. But look, I've seen deals fall over where the developer has been buying a site tried to get retail finance, gone to a broker who didn't really understand the story that he needed to tell to the financier. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this happen a few times, as recently as probably three weeks ago. And inadvertently, the broker, who's not experienced in property development at all, spilt the beans and they just canned it.
0: So that is a really good tip. There's about three tips come out already, got to pay to play get the right person working for you and get the right broker who hmm. has potentially had some experience in property development to know what they need to be telling the financier so you get the finance.
1: Yeah. And and brokers like not brokers, sorry, valuers. Yeah. And valuers, they're not all they're not all the same. They're not all equal.
0: Holy moly, Bob we know that one.
1: Yeah. Here's a strange story. Yep. It still amazes me. We had somebody in our mentoring program, and this is some years ago. They were buying a site for some townhouses. It was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So what it was, it was an old house on can't remember eight hundred and fifty square meters or whatever, suitable for townhouses, mm. and 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 they were they were buying it. So they went to one particular bank, and the bank chose the valuer as they do there, mm. and the valuation came up low. It came up at five hundred thousand. Now, I wasn't shocked because, and and this was a well, it was a financier who knew it was going to be a development eventually, but in terms of the security, they can only value it as a house mm. because it didn't have an approval. So it's just a house if it doesn't have an approval it's not a development site technically as far as the finance is concerned and it was just a house. It was a pretty crappy house.
0: It might have potential but it's not right now. Yeah.
1: And so as a house, if you went to sell it as a house, it probably was worth about 500,000. But the sale price was 750 and if you put 750 in your feasibility it actually stacked up as a deal. Now, this particular developer needed it to value up at 750. Otherwise, she would have had to put in a bit more cash because the bank financier would have lent at the time eighty percent of five hundred, not eighty percent of seven hundred and fifty. So, so she would have had to put in twenty percent of five hundred, which was a hundred, plus the other two hundred and fifty shortfall on the valuation three hundred and fifty. She didn't have it. She then went off to another financier. You was know, this but the one
0: that, not the same firm? No,
1: different financier altogether. Yeah. Totally different financier. They nominated the valuer you wouldn't believe it, the same valuation firm who just gave the dud valuation through the other financier. And he said, oh, no, of all the valuers for them to choose, yeah. they've chosen the same valuation firm I've just got a bad valuation with. And I said, look, sit it out. Sit it out because we don't know if it's the exact same person in there, but it's unlikely to work. But let's say you're in for a penny in for a pound, as they say. You know. You wouldn't believe it. The valuer came back with a valuation of 750000 So this is two individual valuers inside the same valuation firm, Mm. valuing the same property three weeks apart, and there's a 50% difference
0: in their valuation. Hey, can I just ask you a question there, Bob? When you said she uh, came to you and said uh, that, oh, you're not going to believe it, same valuation firm, Mm. are you able to say, no, I want a different valuation firm?
1: Oh, look – Usually, you have to choose somebody off their panel. Yeah. Uh, In the commercial, it's easy with commercial. That was a retail finance situation at that time. And was back in the days when retail finances tended to lend a bit more on development. In the last sort of five years or so, they pulled back a lot on doing that. And so that was a retail bank. And typically with retail banks, they like to nominate the valuer. In commercial finance, you normally have a choice – most financiers have, oh, you know, it could be three or even sometimes four valuers on their panel that they will accept valuations for. And you can get a quote from each of the valuers, find out what their timeframes are like, and you can choose one. And you might already have a relationship with one of them. You'd probably choose that one. Uh, but back in with this particular example, they chose the valuer and she thought, oh, it's game over. Apparently, there's, there must have been some sort of shake up. Well, within that valuation firm, I'm sure they record valuations and addresses, but there must have been a bit of a lag during that three week right. period whereby the original valuation hadn't been
0: processed kind of by the documented, Edmund lady processed, yeah, okay.
1: whatever. The new value has gone out there and, and come up with a totally – And that went ahead, that finance then went ahead.
0: Fantastic. So, a new financier, same valuation firm, but totally different number. I can't wait. To, I don't know the story, so I can't wait till you tell me who it was. Because usually you'd start talking about somebody, and I'd be like, oh, "I know that one." Mm. Oh, that's a new one. Hey, how, oh, I t- she, she wouldn't mind because
1: I've used it many times. That story, It's Sonia.
0: Oh, was that okay? I thought you were going to say Erica. Okay, cool. Mm. Oh gosh, she had a great experience. Not only that, she got an extra uh, an extra um, dwelling put on and yeah. made an extra how much? Five hundred thousand. Oh, probably 000.
1: probably. Yeah, well, back in the day, I mean, her, her profit out of that was six hundred and five thousand from memory. Mm. If you did that same project today, you know, price has gone up with they would be well over a million.
0: Wow! Hey, first you, project. You you brought up something else there, Bob, uh, which is something I've never thought of. Often I ask questions that I think the the listener might want to hear, but you said the timeline of the value of, you know, between the first person valuing it from one the the same firm and mm. the second person, mm. and then perhaps that the admin lapse or the paperwork lapse, but what is the general timeline of a valuer?
1: Oh, look, it depends how busy they are. A retail valuation could be, and that's if a valuer actually goes and inspects the property, mm. you know, four days, is, you know, it should how be able to push they them expect? through. How often do Well, they don't always do it because some of them do what they call a desktop valuation. Oh,
0: I'm going to unpack that one. I know another one on that one.
1: Yeah, well, that, that can be like an hour or two.
0: What about we had a valuation within the last year mm. or so, uh, we would have talked about it, but you may not have listened to the episode. It was so frustrating. he did a desktop, he wasn't even in the area, and the value and well, the valuation came yeah, in low. He didn't
1: he, he wasn't yeah, so that's when we
0: he wasn't that intelligent we could say
1: that was a that was a finance so what what we did there, we did no doc finance on the acquisition, got an approval through in two days because it doesn't need any documentation, doesn't need any serviceability documentation or nothing. It's a bit of a complex structure, so it was. It needed, a, uh, needed something different, and and that was fine. When we moved through, we got our approvals at moving through the construction finance now. So we need a construction financier who would pay out the first financier and, we, and take over the loan and then come up with the rest of the money to, to build. That's how it works. Yeah, right. And uh, so that, that, particular, that was a non-bank financier. Uh, they chose a valuer, and... We gave the value all the information, almost a, almost a full valuation report, you know, you know what we're like. We virtually do their job for them. Anyway, he, he wasn't from the area. Uh, I,
0: he didn't have too many brains. We didn't know oh, that I at the did, time, I, I'm only joking. I,
1: I, I didn't. Look, he, he Hopefully he doesn't he, listen to
0: podcasts.
1: I told him to his face, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so um, he came out with a, with a dud valuation. Yeah,
0: it was pretty bad. So
1: he chose some sales that were two years old, and what I mean by that is if, you've got a, if you're selling property off, off the plan mm-hmm. when you get a DA and somebody signs a contract and they eventually settle, that settlement is easily 12 months later. So the market, if the market's gone up in that 12 months, that's not reflected in the sale price of that contract. The contract is 12, 14, 15 months old. So he chose one or two of those and the market had, had moved up. So in one part of his report, he said the market in this area has moved up 15% in the last 12 months, yet he's using figures that were more than 12 months old, but Mm. not not making any adjustment. He chose another, comp. these are comparable sales he's chosen, right? He chose another one nine suburbs away.
0: Nice nice and comparable.
1: (laughs) It was like he'd made up his mind what it was worth, and then he had to justify it by Picking all the wrong comparables.
0: Searching things that, didn't, that made so it work. There were so many
1: mistakes. We went back to the financier. We went back to the valuer. We knew at this time it was game over for that valuer, but we couldn't let him get away with it. Mm. So he basically showed him all the real comparables, why his why his valuation was a whole heap of crap, you know, that you don't take
0: 12,
1: 15, 18 months old comparables. You don't work outside of that area anyway. Uh, but we immediately moved on. Went... But this time we had to move to another financier, and therefore another valuer. Uh, and we, this time, we had a little bit more choice in who we chose, mm. and, and we did choose. And I, I went and met him on site. I, I made sure he was knowledgeable of the area, mm. and, and uh, we gave him our full report. That one came in fine. Yeah, came in spot on the money. And normally they do. We don't. We very rarely have a problem with a commercial valuer. Mm. I've probably had two in the last 10 years that were absolute idiots. And uh, so we'll be... Say so what you really think, Bob. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah more than that. But when, when we've sold this project and it's getting close to completion, I'll be getting back to that failure mm. and proving what an idiot he was. Mm. I mean, it's one thing saying... You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You got it all wrong. And we've done that.
0: Because it impacts people's I, lives. We'll
1: prove it. Well, yeah. It's,
0: it's not just because you have an ego that needs to be satisfied. Imagine
1: if that was it's the only value you could get.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Then or the you're...
1: only financier. But anyway, there's, there's always financiers out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, that's all, that's all good fun. But in the commercial world, normally it's pretty good. They're, they're a higher level of value than the retail valuers, higher level of education. They're, they're, they've been around longer. They're more commercially astute. I, right. I don't normally have a problem with them.
0: And Bob, I, I remember you telling me a story about somebody who kept applying for different finance. Uh, and can you just unpack that one? Because yeah. this is quite useful, I think, for people listening to understand the impact that that will have.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a couple of guys who uh, were trying to do. A, it was a relatively large project. They did have a bit of money, but they never didn't have much experience. They went out there and got a valuation. Uh, first of all, and then and then when it went looking for some finance, which is sort of doing it the wrong way. At around. Quince, yep. They found somebody who appeared to be interested but the problem is the the value they chose wasn't on the panel Th- these were like eight thousand dollar valuations right mm-hmm. uh back in back in the day they'd you'd probably paid twelve thousand for the same valuation now so now they went and got another valuation from somebody on the panel so now that they've got two valuations that financier actually knocked them back i can't remember the exact reason so now they paid for two vals. they got no financier
0: oh my gosh
1: they went then went to another financier that I, i'd had a little bit to do with them. I recommended somebody. They went there. Now they had to get another valuation because neither of the other two were on the panel. Oh, now they've got three God. valuations. Anyway, that finance finally happened. So they just did it all wrong.
0: So what is the big takeaway there? Well, the takeaway
1: really is to, the you have to choose a value who's on the panel, mm. ideally. So I have, you
0: need to know your financier first? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I did have a favourite financier once who wasn't on the panel of a non-bank but I did get the non-bank to approve them onto their panel, mm. and then use them. That's pretty rare, and I, I was able to convince them that, that that was a good move.
0: Okay, Bob, I think we've I think we've unpacked that enough for people to understand yeah. what's going on. We haven't given away the book. Oh, Property Millionaires Exposed this week going to Luke Godfrey. Luke, oh, well, well be done, in, Luke. We'll be in touch for your address, and it shall be in the post probably this afternoon. And also just a little bit uh, of something I would love from you. Mm. If you're enjoying this podcast and you, you get some benefit out of it, we would really appreciate if you share this with somebody you think might be interested. Just hit the share button and you can send it via text and say, hey, check these guys out. They kind of know what they're talking about. They're pretty legit. Oh, we've got some
1: good stories. We do. have got a lot of Hundreds of stories. others about finances and oh. valuers.
0: So, yeah, we would really appreciate that. On the on the rest of our front I did say I was going to talk to you about our membership so we've just launched that the property accelerator it comes with getting started in property development that's a, a full course it comes with introduction to small subdivisions it comes with renovations 101 and it comes with performance and mindset to make sure they actually get the stuff done it comes with a live Q&A every two weeks so we are offering the first month for a dollar if you're keen on that jump on over to our website mm. propertymastermind.com and we would love for you to jump in and check us out and see what you think you, you we know you're love it but we have to say hey at least you've had a look and uh, we really do appreciate the positive comments. And for the odd keyboard warrior that's out there, go away. We always get the odd one. Quite
1: something better to do. Yeah,
0: exactly. Go get you. have got to understand how marketing works and, and how business works. Yeah. And I think if you if you're uneducated in that way, maybe read a book and you'll work it out. <laughs> Someone commented something the other day. I'm like, oh god, please go away. Like, they said this is a promoism. One of our podcasts was a promoism. Promoism. I'm like, well, it's business, you, we have to tell them? people what well, we have to tell people what we do. <laughs> well, the bus that watched it too even comments. So yeah, like, they're blessed. Yeah, maybe I, they
1: learnt something. Hopefully, yeah,
0: I, I'm pretty sure she did. Get I just put, I tiny, put underneath. Thank you. We, they live in. we appreciate your comments. <laughs> but anyway, we hope that you have found something useful in this and taken something away. Please share if you have enjoyed it. If you'd like a copy of the book, uh, just comment below and share. Send me a screenshot that you did. That yep. would be definitely worth a book over. And we will see you next week in episode 111, Bob. Wow, next week.
1: charging through there.
0: Charging through. Anyway, bye for now. See you later.